are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bible tonight, please. Turn with me to Amos chapter number 3, the book of Amos chapter number 3. It is good to be in church on Monday night. And thank you for being so faithful to attend the meeting. And I want to commend you so far. If you've been here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and tonight, then you're well on your way to making it through the entire meeting, being faithful to every service. And thank God for that. And thank you for being here. I understand you've worked today and fought traffic, no doubt. And I'll be mindful of that as I preach. But I know this. God wants to meet with us tonight. And this is good theology. God who's God on Sunday is just as much God on Monday. And God has a, a plan and God has a purpose for us to gather tonight. And I want God to meet with us and I want God to speak to us. Uh, I'm honored that uh, Brother Ed Russ and Brother David Chamberlain would come all the way across the country to hear me preach tonight. And thank you, Faith Music, for represent, being represented in the service. They're going to be recording my debut solo album tomorrow. And they're already projecting it to be an all-time worst seller. So I'm excited about that. Amos chapter number 3. We're going to read one verse of Scripture tonight. And the message I want to preach tonight... God spoke to my heart about this when I was driving home Wednesday night from Loomis, California. And I think I was somewhere near Livermore, California. And God began to speak to my heart. I got my phone and turned on the microphone and went to the notes section on my phone and kind of began to preach to myself in the vehicle. And I got back here and kind of tried to make sense out of those notes. And that's where I got the message I want to share with you tonight. And I pray that God will use it. I want it to be a help to us tonight. And uh, I'm praying God will meet the need of somebody's heart. No doubt specifically, even if it's only one person, there's somebody tonight that needs this very message. And I'm praying God will use it. Amos chapter 3, we'll read together verse number 12. I know some of you stood a moment ago and sat back down, so let's just go ahead and keep the calisthenics up and stand with me again. That'd be wonderful. You hear all the moaning and groaning. We sure need revival. I'm kidding. Amos chapter number 3, verse Number 12, the Bible said, Thus saith the Lord, As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed, and in Damascus, in a couch. I want you to notice the phrase again. It said, As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear. Amos, who would know much about this situation, is writing under inspiration of God to describe to Israel how God would spare a remnant from the judgment that was to come. It'd be a nasty thing. It'd be a dangerous thing. It'd be as though they were just a piece of an ear and a leg or two poured out of the mouth of a lion. He paints the picture of a shepherd whose lamb had been taken by that beast and even now was in the mouth or the jaws of that lion. But the shepherd had such devotion and love for his lamb, he wasn't going to let the lion drag the lamb off into the brush and take the whole thing. He could still see a leg sticking out, a piece of an ear penetrating through its teeth. And that shepherd said, with all this within me, I'm going to fight for whatever I can get out of the mouth of that lion. I'm not going to let him take it if I can help it. He can't have it. It's my lamb. And he fought for what was left. Tonight I want to preach a message 
And I pray it'll stir all of our hearts, maybe a sobering message, I hope an encouraging message, a challenging message on this thought. Fight for what's left. Fight for what's left. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your power tonight. Lord, I need it. I thought about it all day as I knew I'd preach on this subject. Anytime we talk about our adversary, he rises up and fights. I pray tonight that you would bind the devil. I pray he wouldn't have any place nor liberty on this property tonight. I pray you'd help us to resist him that he might flee and that you might be glorified in our midst. I pray you'd help our marriages tonight. I pray you'd help our homes tonight. I pray you'd help our teenagers tonight. I pray you'd help every Christian individual tonight to resolve to fight for what's left. I pray you'd speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I believe we live in one of the most needy areas in all of the world. I do not mean that we live in a poor area. I don't mean that we live in an area that lacks the finer amenities of life. I'm not saying that we live in a place that has a low level of education. I'm not saying we live in a place with a bad economy because none of those things are the case. But when I say we live in a needy area tonight, I believe we live in one of the most spiritually needy areas in all of the world. Though this is not a remote village, though this is not a dense jungle, though we're not on an isolated island or some Middle Eastern town tonight, this might not be a stereotypical mission field, but nonetheless, this is a mission field and it's a needy place. In our area, the entire world comes together. Every nation and every race can be reached from our area. I believe we live in probably the most influential area in all of the world. We live right now in the very heart of the Silicon Valley. This area is the area that controls much of the news, the information, and the technology that makes our world run. You can drive less than a mile from our property and you pass the most powerful tech companies in the world. Just in our area, you can drive by Apple and Tesla and Twitter and Google and Facebook and a myriad of other tech companies. And this little town of Santa Clara, California makes a big mark upon the entire world every single day. Think about it. Right now, someone is logging into a computer because of things that happen from this place. Somebody's posting on a social media platform because of what takes place in our area. Someone is video calling a family member on another continent because of what happens in our city. Someone is using a cloud-based server because of what happens here. Someone is buying something online. Somebody's selling something online because of what we do in this place. All of these things and a hundred other things are made possible by the companies that make their home right here in every time zone, in every nation, in every country, in every town in this world. The influence of Santa Clara, California and the surrounding areas being felt right this moment. This little valley controls the world. I believe we live in one of the most oppressed areas in all of the world. This area is ground zero for technology which means it's ground zero for much of what the devil is doing in our society. More lives are being wrecked at this moment and messed up by social media and technology than anything else. Along with the technological influence, we have the melting pot effect. And by the way, I thank God for that. I'm glad we have a multicultural church. 
I'm glad we can reach the world from this place. But that melting pot effect brings with it a mix of every false religion known to man. In our area, right here, we see atheism. We find liberalism here. We have Muslims and Hindus right here. Spiritism and witchcraft are here. In our city, there are synagogues and mosques and temples, more so than there are churches. You go soul winning, and as you go, you find different idols to different dead gods adorning the houses of countless people in our city who are lost without Christ. I believe we live in a part of the world that probably has the most potential because of all those things to see God do something miraculous and to see God do something mighty. I believe God has us here for such a time as this. And I believe that we're sitting here at the crossroads of great possibility and promise of seeing God pour out a blessing like no church has ever seen God pour out before. I believe we live in an area of what we could say as an area where Christians are under the most attack. Now, I don't mean they're attacked physically. And I don't even mean that we're oppressed or persecuted outwardly at all. But I believe to live by faith and to live by the Bible in this area means you're going to be troubled, tried, and tempted to a high degree by the devil himself. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Make no mistake about it tonight, the devil hates our church. I want to say it again, the devil hates our church. I'll say it one more time, the devil hates our church. Think about it for a minute. You mean to tell me there's a Bible-believing church in the heart of the Silicon Valley? You mean there's a Bible-believing church in this area of cultural assimilation? You mean there's a Bible-preaching church in a valley filled with liberalism and humanistic philosophy? You mean there's a Bible-believing church right here where the smartest minds in the world come and the companies that control our life are found? You better believe it tonight that the devil hates our church. I want to say it again. The devil hates our church. The devil hates our church more than all these bitter Baptists, more than every backslidden preacher, more than every compromising liberal tonight. The devil hates the North Valley Baptist Church. The devil hates hates our church in the stronghold of liberalism. The devil hates our church that shines a light amidst the darkness of false religions. The devil hates our church. You better believe the devil hates this church that preaches truth right down the road from social media and companies that spin false news and false narratives to our society. You better believe the devil hates our church that preaches the Bible in a county that is anti-Bible and anti-church. The devil hates every soul that gets saved in our church. The devil hates every one of these buildings where we meet for our church. From the footers to the shingles, the devil hates our church. The devil hates our Sunday school classes. The devil hates our Christian school. The devil hates our Bible college. The devil hates our staff membership. The devil hates our classes from the nursery 
contrary to Brother Nikolai's class. The devil hates our deacons. The devil hates every member of the choir. The devil hates our choir director and his wife. The devil hates every teacher. The devil hates the tent that you're sitting under. The devil hates this platform. The devil hates your folding chair. The devil hates to hear your car horn honk. The devil hates our media. The devil hates all the people that watch our services online. The devil hates KNVBC. The devil hates our Bible distribution project. The devil hates our offerings. The devil hates our pews. The devil hates our baptistry. The devil hates this parking lot. The devil hates every young person in our youth group tonight. He hates every one of you young ladies. He hates every one of you young men. The devil hates every one of the young adults that attend our church. He hates those young men and women that attend our Bible college. He hates those ones in secular college that are living their life for Jesus. The devil hates every single person that attempts to live like Christ and does not follow the crowd. Tonight the devil hates every man and every woman that's a member of this church. Whether you come faithfully or you attend casually, I want you to understand tonight that as much as God loves you, almost as much as that, the devil hates your life. The devil hates every single marriage. The devil hates every single home. The devil hates you and the devil hates me. The devil hates our pastor. The devil hates his wife. The devil hates all of us. Why? Because the devil hates God and he hates the gospel and he hates righteousness. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. And that's exactly what the devil's after tonight. The devil's after you. The devil's after your home. The devil's after everything good in your life. If you read the book of Job, it says there was a day when the sons of God stood before the Lord, but it says, and Satan came also among them. We live in a day where the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion. He's not slinking in obscure corners, but he's boldly walking around our world. He's not bashful. He's not hiding in the shadows. He's not playing games for fun. He's playing for keeps. The devil's wanting to cripple our church. He wants to shipwreck every Christian. He wants to snuff out the gospel light. The devil's been welcomed by our culture. His philosophy is celebrated in our country. The devil doesn't had to slither on his belly like a serpent. Now he parades down Main Street like a Pied Piper beating his drum to the beat of damnation and leading countless folks to hell. The devil's doing what he will and he's leaving a big mess in his aftermath. The devil holds power in politics. The devil holds power in culture. The devil holds power in music. The devil holds power in fashion and clothing. The devil's indoctrinating the minds of our young people through television vision movies and their social media he's desensitized the Christian heart to sin he's made lewdness something that we laugh at and perversity something we applause the new presidential administration is getting accolades and high fives from our reprobate mainstream media because they're appointing perverts and pedophiles to positions of power can I say the devil is working overtime in this generation the devil knows what he's doing you say what does the devil 
devil do? The Bible says the thief cometh not but to kill and steal and to destroy. And that's exactly what the devil does. He's a liar and a deceiver and he's a destroyer of every good thing. The devil's goal in your life and the devil's goal in my life is to steal what he can, is to destroy what he can, and to kill what he can. He's a murderer like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's why Paul said put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now today, I know I'm preaching to a congregation of wonderful people. And I don't just say that as someone who's just blown through. I say that as somebody who gets to watch you live and goes to church with you every single week. This is my crowd. You're our family. This is our church. And I wouldn't hesitate for a moment if someone was to ask me, is that a spiritual place? And are those spiritual people? Without a doubt, I would answer yes in a heartbeat. There's no other church. I've been to many churches, hundreds, maybe a thousand or more churches, and I've never seen a church like this church. We have some of the greatest servants right here. We have fierce prayer warriors right here. We have the most generous givers I've ever seen right here. We have faithful people who love their church and love their God right here. You people just look tonight. You're overcomers. You're people of faith. Without a doubt, we have people here that love Jesus. But I want to stand tonight as a watchman on the wall of our lives. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me as well. And I want to remind us all this evening, as much as there is a God in heaven who loves you, and I'm glad there is, there's a devil straight out of hell that hates every single one of us tonight. I appreciate the great spirit of our services, and I appreciate the joy everyone expresses. You can look from face to face and see smiles and you can hear shouts and we can understand the joy of the Lord is real here. But if we're going to be honest tonight, many if not all of us can say the devil's attempting in my life to steal, kill, or destroy something right now. I've talked to enough pastors, even more so in the last year. I've talked to enough Christians I've gotten enough emails, enough texts in the middle of the night from across the country to say the devil has not taken any time off over the past year of our lives. While we've been shut down, he has not been shut in. He's angry, he's active, and he's after every single one of God's children. Maybe tonight as you sit there as though nothing's happening, even now you're wrestling with the adversary. Maybe today you've been fighting with that roaring lion. You've been battling with that old accuser. You've been tangled up with the serpent tonight. Your neighbor doesn't know about it. Your friends don't sense it. But you've been fighting and you've been fighting and you've been fighting. And maybe you're just about tired of fighting. You've shed so many tears. You've prayed so many prayers. You've walked the floor through the night hours. You've begged God for relief. You've felt the pain of your mistake. You've wallowed in the misery of failure. You've fought and you fought and you fought and maybe you're just tired. I want to come to you tonight and beg you from my heart to yours. Please keep fighting for whatever's left. Tonight, maybe the devil's taken part. Maybe the devil's taken a portion. Maybe the devil's got a piece. But whatever's left, 
I want to challenge you tonight to fight for what's left. If there's anything we know, it's this. When God shows up, the devil rises up. When God plans to bless, the devil tries to break down. The devil hates God. The devil hates revival. The devil hates the power of God. And the devil hates us. And whenever God wants to do a great work, the devil's going to fight with great fervor. Tonight I'm preaching to you and you and I are friends and we know each other, but here's my desire tonight. It's not to preach at you, it's to preach to us and to try to stir our hearts to not let the devil take whatever it is, but to get proactive and to fight for whatever's left. Maybe you're hurting, maybe you're scared, maybe you're broken, maybe you're angry, maybe you're bitter, maybe you're disillusioned, maybe you're ashamed, maybe you're aching, but please tonight keep on fighting for whatever's left. So many of God people tonight are in a real battle they've not just been fighting today but they've been fighting for a long time they've been blindsided they've been shocked they've been knocked off their feet they've been let down they've been hurt they've wrestled and they toiled and they questioned and they doubted and they fought they got a phone call they didn't expect they got a doctor's report they didn't plan on they got a letter in the mail they weren't ready for they got a notice at work that changed their life and they've been in a battle and been in a fight. I might be preaching tonight to a mother and you're absolutely heartbroken by the decision of your children. Maybe I'm preaching to a father who's absolutely heartbroken tonight. I might be preaching to a teenager who's struggling this evening. They made a bad decision. Maybe they did something they wish they wouldn't have done and they've been fighting and fighting. I might be preaching to a family tonight. Your family's on its last leg and you've been fighting and fighting and nobody knows but you've been fighting. Maybe I'm preaching tonight to somebody that can stand and say the devil has won the last round in my life. Whatever it was, whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, the devil found place and the devil overcame and the devil won the last round. I want to challenge you tonight. If the devil won round one, why don't you get up and win round number two? Why don't you resolve to fight for whatever's left? You might say tonight with a trembling voice, Brother Cooper, the devil sure has been fighting lately. I know, without a doubt, the devil fights. He fights you, he fights me, and he fights us all. The song says, once again, I met Satan this morning, and I battled him all the day long. And it's an everyday, all-day battle with the devil. Can I just say this without knowing what's in your heart tonight? I just want to say this, whatever it is, it is worth fighting for. Whatever it is, whatever the situation is, Whatever the need is, whatever the circumstance is, it is worth fighting for. I think about Job, the devil got his flesh, and the devil got his family, and the devil got his finances, but he said, I'll maintain my integrity. He didn't charge God foolishly. He understood, though he slay me, he said, I'll still trust him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What he do? He fought for what he could still fight for, and that's all I'm preaching tonight is this. Somebody fight for what's left. You keep swinging for what's left. You keep punching for what's left. You keep grabbing for what's left. You keep scraping for what's left. You keep confessing for what's left. You stay strong and you stand firm and don't give up and don't give in. Stand your ground and fight on. You say, why is the devil fighting? Because God is blessing. Why is the devil fighting? He knows he's been defeated at Calvary. Why is the devil fighting? Because God is using our church. Why is the devil fighting? Because he wants to shipwreck our life. Why is the devil fighting? Because he's headed to hell 
and we're headed to heaven. But I want to beg you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep fighting for what's left. The devil might have won around, but you can win the fight. Whatever's left, fight for it. It might just be a piece of an ear. It might just be a leg or two. It might just be a broken remnant of whatever it was. But whatever it is, fight for what's left. God, help us to resolve that we're not going to give it to the devil. He can't have it. It's not his. I won't let him take it. Rise up and fight for what's left. Draw a line in the sand. Go ahead and throw your chip in the ring. Say, devil, if you want to fight, we'll fight. But you can't have my children. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my testimony. You can't have my purity. You can't have my power. You can't have my prayer life. I'm going to fight for whatever's left. Amos chapter 3 is prophetic. God is telling Israel judgment is coming. He gives his preacher a divine illustration to teach Israel how God would pull his people as a remnant out of that judgment. In verse number 12, we find it. Let me read it again. It says, as the shepherd take it out of the mouth of the lion, two legs or a piece of an ear. It's an amazing picture. What a mess. What a bloody, gory mess has been made by the lion. That lamb was so pure and so tender and so right, but the lion got it. Can you picture the rest of the sheep were scattered for fear? They can't combat a lion. This lion had come on the prow and had been watching that little lamb. No doubt he'd been stalking that lamb. And let me say, teenagers, the devil every day is stalking you. He knows exactly where to get you. He knows where to get me. He watches us every single day. I see it in my mind as that lion creeps there in the high grass outside of the pasture. And he eyes that little innocent lamb. And he catches that lamb by surprise as the shepherd had his back turned. And the jaws of that lion closed down on the flesh of that lamb. All of a sudden a crimson flow stains the white wool of that lamb. He cries out in pain. That lion just about devours the entirety of the lamb but the Bible said the shepherd goes to where the lion is he puts himself in danger he he doesn't shy away from the fight he doesn't run from the battle but he goes to, he goes to where that lion is and he grabs what he can he grabs a piece of an ear he grabs a leg or two and he said that's still my lamb if it was ever my lamb it's my lamb you might have got some but you're not about to get it all and that shepherd put his life on the line and he fights for that lamb can you see it that lion begins to tug and that shepherd begins to pull and that lion drowns and that shepherd digs in and that lion bristles up and that shepherd flexes and that lion threatens and that shepherd stands firm and he's resolved in his heart you might have got him you might have got a bite you might have taken out a piece but I'm not going to let you have him all you're not going to take him off in the brush you're not going to have him for lunch that's my lamb I was there when he was born I'm the one who fed him I'm the one who watered him. That's mine. That's not yours. And he fought for that lamb. Oh, maybe an onlooker would say, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's too far gone. It's too far gone. It's over. Let the lion have the lamb. But the shepherd couldn't do it. He loved the lamb too much. That was his lamb. He's too devoted to it. And he rose up and he fought for what's left. Without a doubt, we have a picture of the devil in that lion. But my prayer tonight is that God would 
Help us find a picture of us in that shepherd. That lion was fierce, but that shepherd was resolved. He loved that lamb. He didn't want to watch the lion drag it off. It was a bloody mangled mess, but the shepherd was willing to get dirty to salvage what he could. He fought for what was left. I think about Moses. Moses murdered a man. Moses had to run as a fugitive, but I'm glad God was not, God was not done with Moses. There was still more Moses God wanted to use for his glory, and I'm glad Moses fought for what was left. I think about David, a man after God's own heart. He's a man who killed a giant, but David fell into sin. I'm glad God God wasn't done with David. He had to fight for what was left. It hurt his family. He bore the shame and pain from his mistake. But thank God he kept on fighting and God used him again. I think about Paul. He lived his life as Saul, a murderer, a persecutor. He's a man that hated the name of Jesus, but then he got saved. I'm glad God still used him. There was still something left in his life. And tonight, maybe you're fighting. Maybe you've been fighting for a long time. Maybe you've been fighting with doubt. Maybe you've been fighting with fear. Maybe you're fighting with your medical condition. Maybe you're fighting with a family situation. Maybe you're fighting with a letdown. Maybe you're fighting with your finances. Maybe you're fighting with your own mistake. Maybe you're fighting with whatever it is. But I'm saying don't give up on it yet. God's still on his throne. Fight for what's left. Fight through tears. Fight through hurt. Fight through pain. Fight through the doubts. Fight for your family. Fight for your faith. Fight for your joy. Fight for your children. Fight for your testimony. Fight for your students. Fight for your converts. Fight for your church. But fight, fight, fight for what's left. You might have to fight through a courtroom, but please fight for what's left. You might have to fight through chemotherapy. But please keep fighting for whatever's left. You might have to fight from a graveside. But I ask you to fight for what's left. You might have to fight from a hospital bed. But would you please fight for whatever's left? You might have to fight from an altar of repentance. But please fight for whatever's left. You have to fight through guilt. But fight. You might have to fight through regret. But do fight. You might have to fight through letdown, but please fight. You might have to fight through sorrow, but please fight. You might have to fight through disappointment, but would you tonight please fight? Would to God we get some preachers that would be a shepherd for their flock again and fight for their lambs? I know across the world we have other churches watching, and that's the only reason I even mention it. And I want to challenge all you men of God. It's worth it to fight for what's left. I say don't give up on those. Don't let them go. Don't let the world take them but fight. We need a youth pastor. And I'm glad we have one that will fight for what's left. We need teenagers that will stay in. You say, but I've messed up. That's okay. You've got a lot of life left. I wish you wouldn't have, but you have. But you can rise up and go on for God. Fight for what's left. I'm talking tonight to some bus workers. You've worked with those bus kids. And the county's taking them away by shutting down our bus and you wasted you feel like all that time and energy and tears no 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 that wasn't wasted time energy or tears they're still out there somewhere I say get a phone go knock a door and you find them and you fight for what's left I want to talk to the Christian school teachers tonight I understand it might get be long days I understand they might get on your nerves I understand they might fall short but listen so do 
life and so do you. But tonight get a new resolve that God gave you that class. God gave you those kids to pastor while they're there and fight for what is left. Oh God, give us some parents that'll fight for what's left. Don't let the world have them. Don't let culture take them. Don't let the TV train them. But fight for what's left. God, give us some spouses to fight for what's left. God, give us some friends who fight for what's left. Fight for whatever it is. Whatever's left, fight for it. Don't let the devil have it. He might have got a leg. He might have got the torso. He might have the head in his mouth. But if you can see any part of whatever it is hanging out, go grab it and fight for what's left. Tonight, I want to give you a few statements and I'll close. Number one, fight for what's left. If you've sinned, there is forgiveness. I'm glad that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess our sin. Tonight you say, Brother Cooper, it's over. I've been stupid. Well, join the stupid club. We're looking for a new president. I don't know who I'd appoint. Maybe I'll appoint. I won't get any names. But you can get forgiveness tonight. Number two, if you're hurting tonight, there is grace. Fight for what's left. If you're broken tonight, in Jesus there is healing. Fight for what is left. If you have fallen, there is restoration. Fight for what's left. If, you've, if you're burdened down with care, I'm glad there's one who careth for you. Fight for what's left. If you're scared, I know one who gives perfect peace. Fight for what's left. If you're still here, there's still hope. Fight for what's left. Where we come from, and, and also here in different areas, especially going out toward Monterey and places, but where we're from, there's old barns everywhere. And I'm talking about barns that have been neglected and left to kind of give way to rot and decay and corruption. And those barns are kind of half-leaning there. The wood is all rotten, so it looks. And most of the time, they'll just let the barn fall in on itself and maybe just burn whatever's left. But it happened a few years ago. It kind of got trendy where people would come from the city out to where we would live. And they would come and ask farmers if they could have <clears throat> that barn. Not buy the property, but buy the barn from them. I'm talking about a barn that looked like a mangled mess, the wood so ugly, decaying, wormy, falling in. And they would pay a lot of money for the timber or the wood from that old rotten barn. They would take it then and they'd salvage it. And they'd work it and they'd treat it and they'd sand it and then they'd sell it and they'd make all kinds of money decorating people's houses with that old barn wood. Now to us, that looked ugly. It looked like nothing was left at all. But when the right people got a hold of that, the ones who knew how to take care of it, the one who knew how to treat it, love on it the right way, they got beauty, they got worth, they got use out of that which looked to us as though it was too far gone. Tonight with God, I'm glad he knows how to treat it. I'm glad he knows how to work it. I'm glad he knows how to love on it just right to get something of value, worth out of that thing that looks like it's so far gone that he can do something great with it. Tonight my message is this. Whatever it is,
Fight for it. Don't let the devil have it. Fight for what's left. If we could see hearts tonight and not faces, we'd see a lot of hurt because of different situations. Tonight, whatever it is, resolve to fight for it. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.